Welcome to The Honest Pour with John Lennart, where we go beyond the bottle to connect you with the people and places that make each wine so unique. High in the hills of Rada and Chianti lies the fairy tale like 11th century hamlet of Volpaia. The property and the vineyards surrounding it were purchased by Giovanella Stianti's father back in the 1960s and was given to her and her husband as a wedding gift. The couple was committed to making high-quality wine, and while refurbishing the hillside vineyards, they built a modern winemaking facility within the ancient buildings, connecting the various winemaking areas with a system of pipes planted under the ground below the narrow streets. After her tour of the beautiful property hosted by Giovanella, I met with her daughter, Frederica Mascaroni Stianti, who now manages the family business. Just as charming as her mother, Frederica tells me how she was concerned about working with family, what makes Chianti Classico and Rada unique, and of course we tasted some delicious wines. This special episode of The Honest Pour is brought to you in part by the Consorzio Vino Chianti Classico and by Foodator.com, bringing you the stories of Chicago chefs, restaurants, and people who make food all over town. Foodator.com. Hi, welcome to The Honest Pour. I'm John Lennart. Today we're at Volpaia in Chianti Classico. Joining me is Frederica Mascaroni Stianti. Welcome Hi. to the show. Nice to, to be here with you. Really happy. Volpaia is a magic place. It's, it's this quiet little hamlet on the top of a hill. You would never know that hidden inside is this winery and these beautiful buildings from the, from the 13th, 14th, 15th century. Tell me about the history of this place. Uh, as you said, this place goes back very much in the time, and so it's it's here the place the Volpaia for sure before 1172, but was probably making wine even in that time. Everybody in Italy was making wine. Right? Exactly, especially in Tuscany, uh, you couldn't see a table in the past and not even now without a bottle of wine, because it was our part of our style of life. It is and it was so drinking and, uh, and eating. But um, basically, um, my family is here, uh, actually since the 1966. 1966, so that's, yes. that's young. You know, we talk to a lot of uh, families and wine, and they, oh, for 26 generations we've been involved with wine. Your family's new to the world of wine. Exactly, I'm only the third one, the third generation on the on this business. Yes. So your grandparents came. Here. Yes, my grandparents. My grandfather came here, much more for fun than business. But uh, he was my mother was maybe maybe the one that made much more business inside uh, everything. <laughs> and where yes. did your family come from to come here? Um, it's my grandfather. It's from Tuscany. Uh, oh, it's from, from Tuscany. Yes, okay. he's from San Casciano but uh, actually was printing books more than making wines. But uh, most of the business has been done by my mother with my father. And my mother is from obviously Tuscany, Firenze, but um, my father was from Milano. Ah. So far, far away at that time, mm -hmm. yes. So it's, uh, now is a blend of uh, the new generation is my brother and I, I can say that I'm much more the person from Florence, because I'm living here for more than 20 years. And my brother is the part of Milano, because he's keeping <laughs> living up to Milano. <laughs> Very so. good. Your family came here in 1966 and just bought a little bit of property, started making wine. 
uh, they came here more on drinking wine <laughs> and then uh, uh, when they arrived uh, there were three smaller producer wines that were making uh, wine for their own production or for selling uh, for friends or for neighbors or things like this. So it started at that time uh, a slowly process on um, on building the winery, so buying the three different producers and making one production, uh, and then step by step growing and increasing um, the the quality, and uh, and then not really the production because since ever we had uh, forty five hectares of vineyards more or less, and so it's still the same quantity of uh, hectares. So you have forty five hectares. Yes. All on the south facing slope of this hill. Very high elevated. This is one of the characteristic of Volpaia wines. Is uh, over our vineyards reach over six hundred meters above the sea level, so it means one thousand eight hundred yeah. yeah. feet, something like this. So and starting from four hundred meters. So just starting at four hundred. Yes, when wow. usually in the Chianti Classic it's like starting about, at two hundred meters. Yeah, <laughs> and the high elevation is around four hundred feet, five hundred yeah. meters. So. It's a very, very much a unique uh, microclimb. So facing south, so very much on the exposition of the wine, but uh, of the sun, sorry. But uh, for sure, it's a uh, much cooler in the night, uh, much cooler summer compared to other areas, uh, much lower. So you elevation. get longer hang time. Yes, that's it's, terrific. Yeah, you know, we you know, traveling all around County Classico to all the various subregions. We're in Rada. What, what, what is it that would distinguish a Chianti Classico from Rada mm-hmm. from any other regions here? In- I think uh, you can easily see immediately when you drive the car that if you look at this area, it's much more with the forest, uh, with the woods, much more elevated. Uh, so you have uh, for sure a totally different microclimb. And for sure also the stones and the soil are a bit different here. So yes, uh, Rada is a bit different compared to the other areas. What does that mean in, in, in the mouth? Minerality, elegance are characteristic that usually comes out much more in uh, the wines from this area. Like for example, uh, wines much more in the southern, like um, uh, it doesn't come to me obviously now the name. Castelnuovo. Uh, yes, Castelnuovo here they're usually, is, uh, is a, to make a, not a, a, a big part for everyone, much bigger wines. like sure, also in, Yeah, as in Panzano, where is the Concadoro, much more in the sun and much more open, uh, the landscape, so much more sun there too. And so usually are bigger than the thinner and elegant ones that you can find in Rada. Mm-hmm. This is general de- definition from dif- different areas. Yes. Sure. And you also make some wine from Marema as well. Yes, this is the new project. It's, uh, my father tried to do what my grandfather did with my mother. So my grandfather bought the winery and the uh, Volpaia and gave it as a present for the wedding present uh, wow. to my mother and my father wow. when they got married. Uh, my father bought the property in Maremma, uh, Prelius One Estate, uh, next to Castiglione della Pescaia, 
I didn't get married. He <laughs> lost all his faith on my possibility of getting married. So he decided, okay, we'll give you the, the one like this <laughs> without a wedding present. But yes. Pre wedding present. Yes, it's so a pre wedding. Yes, for something. <laughs> if you ever decided, <laughs> but it's not easy. <laughs> yes. Here on this property and the vineyards that are here in Rada, what wines are you making? Obviously, Sangiovese is the basic expression of the, of the soil of this place. So we do Sangiovese starting from white wine in Sangiovese, going deeply in what is the Chianti Classico, the Chianti Classico Reserva, and then the new appellation since the 2010 vintage, more or less, of the Gran Selezione. You do yeah. something really cool. We tasted a little earlier. We're not going to taste or talk about it that much in the show. But I want to talk about your sparkling wine. Yes. Where did the idea for this Blanc de Noir, for lack of a better term, sparkling wine come from? Yes, that is, is uh, started from my brother. I would say that that is a great idea of my brother. He was. He's not the one that has to do it in the cellar. That's a lot of work. <laughs> he has great ideas. It was like my father. He, my father had great ideas, and my mother had to realize more or less the same. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, because um, he didn't want to go to lesson for French. He had to take a, um, an exam for the university uh, French, and so he asked to my mom, "Mom, can I learn French going to work somewhere in a winery in France?" My mom said, "Yes, why not?" sent him in a champagne, um, what was the name? Uh, it will get to me maybe later. And so he went there and started working in the cellars, uh, rolling all these bottles. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if you make a mistake and you roll uh, not properly, they blow up. And so he was trying a lot of champagne wines wow. and he got totally felt in love with champagne. And so he decided, uh, why not? Uh, Sangiovese has that nice acidity. Maybe could be a good idea also to make a spumante, mm -hmm. metodo classico, champenoise in, uh, in Chianti Classico. And so we did. Yeah, and that wine is really delicious. It's surprising. It's, it's, it's got that nice acidity that you're looking for in, in, in a sparkling wine. It's beautifully labeled. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> Very elegant, and I know you only make about 5,000 bottles of even it. Less, so, eh? Even less. So <laughs> yes. it's not easy to get your hands on, but if you could find it, Sangiovese sparkling wine is something you should try. <laughs> I'd like to find out how my guests, obviously you were born into the world of wine, but if you wanted to go maybe into architecture or something else, I'm sure that would have been okay. What, what was it that kept you in the wine world? Actually, I don't know if you knew it before, but actually... I didn't want to work with my family. I don't know, you met my mom. Yes. You didn't have the opportunity to meet my brother and my brother, my, my father, but all of them big personality. I was the shyest one, so I said, no way that I will ever work with my family. So actually I studied and worked for a long time as a restorative paintings. So oh, you were in the art world. Yes, in the art world. So you said architecture, so yeah. almost I was not so far yeah. away. So it was restoring paintings. And then suddenly... Perfect Florence, perfect place for that. That's... I was getting closer to the winery, but I said, no, I want to keep my job separately. But luckily, none of the part of my family ever told me to come to work for them. And they said, whatever you want, you can do it. And it happened. So why? So, what do you love about it? At the beginning, I didn't realize that I was working full time. I realized that I was not doing any other job because I, I keep it all the time, two feet in the two jobs, but I was keeping my job primarily. Uh, 
Um, and then now it's is it is a job that you have to love because it's a job that is a full day all around your life. It's every day and it's something that it gets inside of your blood. It's not only because you're drinking the wine, but it's really because it is a part of your style of life. It's, a, it's about passion. It's about going outside, see what is going on every day and so traveling, talk with people, get information is amazing. It's a really tutto tondo, we say, all around, yes. Your passion is clear it's yeah. and it's come from your mother yes <laughs> she she was really important i mean today there are more women winemakers out there but when your mother was doing it wasn't one of the she was one, a, yeah. had to go through the boys club exactly as we say. yes and she's a very strong woman to have managed that i'm sure what did you learn from her in that uh it's like determination for sure yes and uh, I make sometimes compromise because you have to learn that the the wine is always not only making is also selling for sure so you have to go understand the culture of the different countries where you have to go and for example in Japan now it's different but in the past uh, uh, she decided to go there to sell the wine with my father instead of going by herself because she knew it that that culture at that time was not able to understand that, that a woman could have power and could have uh, the, the way of telling a story of a place and the wine. So she brought my father there to help her on the promotion. Now it's different, but at that time she understood that she had to do a compromise and all over. So this is what she, she's learning and teaching me every time to understand more and more what is the culture of the different countries and the passion on the wine. Yes, for sure. What's the total production here at Vopaya? How, how many bottles total? We do around uh, 200, uh, uh, 220,000 uh, bottles. So you're like a medium, small to medium size yes. winery here. Yes. Something recently happened though that took this small to medium sized winery and put it in a huge spotlight your wine was very highly rated by Wine Spectator. I think number three in the um, world last year. I, I think I can start to cry now too. It's like, <laughs> it's a, like I, I didn't. I was not even looking at the. I usually look at the top hundred when it's coming out all together at the last moment. But sure. uh, actually, in this occasion, I received a phone call from a journalist that I know very well. He called me and said, "Oh, Federica." Uh, because you got the um, the position, the number three position of your wine, can you give me uh, some advice of your wine? I said, no, sorry, Alessandro. What did you what, just say? What did you just say? I said, come on, fast, I need to write an article, please give me... No, Alessandro, are you kidding me? Are you making a joke of me? So I start crying at the phone <laughs> with the journalist that was, are you serious? Are you crying at the phone? Yes. <laughs> no, it's amazing. It's, it's something that you cannot do by yourself. It's something that you need a lot of effort from everybody. Not only from the nature that gives you the wine, but it's really about a, a team that make, makes a wine. Yes. What did you see change in the consumer's demand or perception of your wines? Did, did all of a sudden, did your phones explode that people wanted to come here or? Uh, at the moment that uh, the awards um, uh, came out, obviously everybody was asking for the Chianti Classico Reserva 2015. 
the good and the bad part of the wine spectator or top 100 that usually comes in the moment that, that most of the winery have almost sold out uh, their wines. Almost usually, in this occasion, was already sold out. Mm. So was uh, fantastic the thousands of phone calls that you receive uh, to get at least one bottle. But you see and you feel at the other side of the, the, the phone uh, that people are really upset when you say, I'm sorry, I don't have any more wine, because they, they think that you are lying then. Right. So, I mean, the awards just came out. Why don't, are you not giving me the wine? So you feel like, no, I'm not lying to you. I finished. Oh, yeah, there's <laughs> fabulous wines here that you've Yes, buy. no. It's a, it's a good, it's a good thing. So a lot of spotlight can get on, uh, on the winery and I think we can, uh, I hope we can enjoy more. And, you know, it's, it's something also very important for the Chianti Classico region because it's the first uh, Chianti Classico that got so high in the um, uh, top 100. A lot of Chianti Classico got in the top 10, but none of them got on the third position. So it's such a good spotlight finally on the Chianti Classico wines are really, really important for all of us. So double happy because I receive a lot of phone calls from the other producer. So none of them were like, huh, I hate that winery, I don't want to call it. No, <laughs> no actually all of them really, really a lot of phone calls and congratulations from everybody. You see a rising tide lifts all ships. So it was very, very nice from everybody, yeah. yeah. We have three wines we're going to taste today. It's your Chianti Classico, your Chianti Classico Reserva, and then the Gran Selezione. Yes. Gran Selezione was kind of a very <laughs> controversial topic. Why was that such a controversy? I still haven't gotten a straight answer from anybody. What was so controversial about this? Uh, it's so difficult to record this part. It's like, <laughs> yes, it's, uh, it's difficult to, to explain it because um, uh, I can give you my idea. Yes, please. It's not please, about. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, yes, it's uh, like my idea is like I think uh, the um, the idea of the Gran Selezione, it was fantastic, and I think most of the winery are following what was the first idea. So, bring your top top wine. Top fruit from your estate. Yes, from your estate and a single vineyard. Most of them are doing a. 100% of Sangiovese, uh, or mostly 100% of Sangiovese, most of them are doing a single vineyard and a top, uh, top high level of wine. This is what was the primary idea and mostly of the producer are doing. And the, the, basically the main idea was to help uh, smaller wineries uh, to increase also their point price on the on the price list and okay. sometimes it was uh, difficult. Instead of going with the Super Tuscan, going with the Chianti Classico with a much more high-end level. So it's 30 months of aging uh, that is very important. So keeping longer in the, in the wine cellar, assuming much more investment from the, from the winery, but at the same time giving to you a very special product. Then, for sure, as all what happens, uh, they had to do some compromise. So what? I should say because we are in Italy. <laughs> it's just an Italian thing. We have to compromise. And this is the reason that I really don't like very much the compromise. Sometimes I'm much more in black and white. So the compromise is uh, the, the for example is that um, the grape uh, it doesn't to be your single vineyard, but it has to be your own fruits. Mm -hmm. That is not the same. Ah, I, think, I see. Uh, yeah, yeah. For my sensation. Yeah. So I think uh, 
more spotlight on the Gran Selezione, more identification, uh, it will arrive at the moment that we will be able also to put a donation, so like Radda Gran Selezione or um, Castellina Gran Selezione, the, the different zone on the, on the wine. So the consumer because, knows that, oh, well, this comes from here, and I know it hits these types of characteristics from here, I know what to expect in this bottle. Yes. So that's, you think that's more important, and that's sort of the next step that's coming, right? Yes, working because it's not easy to get there, because there are a lot of different rules, and so getting through all of these, but I hope we will get to that one, so yes. Terrific. Should we yeah. taste some wine? For sure. All right. Do you want to start with the Chianti Classico? Let's do that. So um, in this occasion, because obviously the Chianti Classico Reserva sold out, I will present you the Chianti Classico and the Reserva from the same vintage. Okay. Uh, 2016. Yes. Right. That this was, is currently in the market? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, for sure, 2016, uh, trust me, is going to be probably even better than the 15. Really? Yes. So think about all the incredible words that you heard about the 15. Uh, 16 is even incredibly uh, wow. higher it's like more than higher is different you in the 15 you get the fruitful part on the 16 you get also the brightness and the freshness mm -hmm. was a bit fresher than uh, talking about the climb uh, compared to the 15 and this one is um, is our Chianti Classico and uh, in this wine we prefer to add the 10% of Merlot okay as we mentioned before high elevation of the vineyards aging only one year in the big barrel. Mm -hmm. And so we prefer to add that 10% to round a little bit the wine. Sure, take that yes. aggressive Sangiovese edge off. So we prefer to go straight with Sangiovese on the, in the Reserva, but, uh, or Gran Selezione, but on the Chianti Classico, we prefer to round a little bit the wine. Well, really pretty. It's, it's, there's a, there's a, it's de almost delicate. Yeah. It's uh, perfume and flowers. It's not about fruit or earth or forest. It's really about the perfume of this wine. Yeah, it's um, you, you can feel it there, the Sangiovese. It's uh, usually, even when we age the wine, so we really prefer to keep always uh, the Sangiovese flavor there and to don't cover never with too much wood inside, for sure. Now, while the nose is about the perfume, on the palate, it's about the fruit. Yeah. The fruit just, it's lively, it's delicious. It's, the, the acid's mouth-watering and... The tannins are very fine. Yes, this is uh, it's about also the vintage that I really like it. And uh, it's aging the big barrel for one year. Uh, when I say big, it's, uh, it's the botti, mm -hmm. the one uh, 30 hectoliters taller than yep. a normal person. Right. And um, this is a everyday wine for sure. It's a delicious everyday wine. It's, Thank you. <laughs> it's cherry and a little bit of chocolate and some kind of touch of leathery notes to mm -hmm. it. And wow, it just keeps going too. It's fairly long for an everyday wine. Yes. Um, it's a bit the characteristic of the wines, probably also from Rada, that it doesn't finish in one second. It's, and it's right. a wine that if you keep in the glass, uh, especially when you start with the Reserva or the Gran Selezione, they evolve in the glass. So in the dinner, you start... So uh, over the course of your dinner, yeah. you're going to see the wine <laughs> really come out of its shell and present itself. Yes, a lot of people ask me often, why don't you decant your wines? Because I prefer the decanter as a, a glass of yeah, you wine. You want to see that evolution. Yes, to see the evolution instead of jumping immediately in the, at the end. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. I like to do that. Um, I have a friend who collects champagne, and when we go out and he'll bring some fancy old bottle of champagne, I always make sure to save a little bit of a taste in the bottom of the glass because I want to yeah. see what it's like at the end of dinner. Exactly. And it, it's something complete. They always transform beautifully, and I know this wine to do that too. Yeah. Should we try the Reserva? Yes. So the Reserva... Now this, is, this is the one that was number three, but <laughs> now this is the next vintage. Though. It's the new vintage. This one is 100% a Sangiovese. Mm -hmm. so it comes from the same vineyards of the Chianti Classico. So both of them, the Reserva and the Chianti Classico, are the same vineyards. Same vineyards? Yes. Different blocks maybe? Or is it just... No, but when you were coming up with the, on the road, on the windy road to get up mm -hmm. to Volpaia, you see the steepy vineyards. Mm -hmm. So um, you will uh, for sure have different ripeness of the grapes yeah. from the top to the bottom of the same vineyard. So we go through the vineyards more than once, picking the grape by hand and select from the vineyard what is going to be the Chianti Classico, what is going to be the Chianti Classico Reserva. See. On the Reserva, there's more fruit forward on the nose, yes. a little bit of like uh, pipe tobacco, cigar box kind of aromas. It's a little more complex overall. Yes, it's a. Uh, now we are doing like steps one after the other one, starting from the Chianti Classico, going to the Reserva, and when we will get to the Gran Selezione, you see how bigger will become uh, the nose and the structure of the wine. And do you know what does mean Volpaia? No, I didn't ask you that. Tell me. <laughs> I was uh, making questions instead of uh, you making it to me. You see, the, there is a crest on so, the bottle of so Volpaia. So yeah, the crest is like a, a wolf or a, is it a wolf? It's a fox. It's a fox standing yes. on uh, a, on a, a pyramid of yes. hills. So it's like a fox on top of a hill. And actually to say fox in Italian, we say volpe. Okay. So V-O-L-P means uh, the fox, yeah. and A-I-A is the ending uh, that you can find also in Solaya, Sassicaia, uh -huh. and all of this. It means uh, a lot in the place. The place of the fox. So it's the place of the fox, uh -huh. as Solaya is the place of the sun, probably, and Sassicaia is the stones, and go yes, on yes. like this. So Vopaya, the place of the fox. It, yes. It's a little upside-down teardrop shape uh, frame that has a fox standing on top of a pyramid of hills. Exactly. And when you come up here and walk around, which you absolutely must do sometime, <laughs> come up here and walk around, you'll see on the buildings the little crest as well. This, so this isn't a crest that you, you developed for marketing. This is a crest that was part of the was, place going back exactly. for hundreds of years. It's, uh, the family that was coming from Volpaia, I de la Volpaia family, uh, were friends with the Leonardo da Vinci. Mm. So, you know, Leonardo da Vinci was because it was coming Da Vinci right. place. He's and so uh, Lorenzo della Volpaia was making clocks with Leonardo. No <laughs> the, yes. Wow. <laughs> and you can find um, one of his uh, drawings in a museum in Florence, uh, mm -hmm. in Chicago, actually. There is uh, some of their clocks uh, in the, your museum. The, museum, yes. the, the uh, art museum. <laughs> yes. A museum, in, uh, not in the art uh, museum, I think in the no? science museum. Oh, if no, I don't make, yeah. science and industry. I think in the science museum, at the beginning, that you have the historical part with the, with the Meridiane, with the clocks. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, that one. I think there is some Yeah, of yeah the, there is some there at the science and industry with yeah. clocks. Wow, fantastic. <laughs> what a great connection. Well, this one on the palate is bigger. Yeah. It's, um, the tannins have a little more grip, a little more structure. The fruit's rich and dark and complex. Those grippy tannins and bright acid 
this is still a baby. This needs a little more time. I mean, yeah. you, you can absolutely drink this now. Like, with a steak? Oh, fabulous. I think if you'd be paid off in five years, if you could wait ten yeah. years, that this wine would be something really special to bring out of your cellar. I totally agree with you. It's like two weeks ago, we had to do a terrible tasting, a vertical tasting, starting from 2000, going up to the 2010 uh, vintage of the Chianti Classico Reserva. And uh, it was fantastic. It was because the tannin was still very young. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. So uh, the so. brightness and fresh fruit. And yeah. Do you farm organically? Yes, all certify organically. And, and and so we write in, on in the on the bottle on the back labels, but yes, uh, we for mm -hmm. sure, yeah. And how long has that been going on? The organic farming. Um, we are organic since really long time. Uh, we started only the certific all the certification between the two thousand and two thousand and one. So if I don't make mistake, the first vintage organic certify was the two thousand three. But we started to write on the label only from 2010, vintage, okay. because before all the time that you were talking about organic, people were thinking, ah, okay, it's smelly. It's, mean, oh. it's not really good. Mm. Uh, and no, organically means uh, good quality on the, on the farming, on the picking, on the making the grape, so the fruits less quantity, higher in flavors. As always, when you go on the farm and you buy the organic apples, it doesn't look perfect, but usually it's much more tasty than the normal one. When you come into the winery, are you inoculating with yeast or are you using spontaneous? Um, depends about the situation that okay. we, yes. So, so the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as, as much as possible, because uh, right. if it doesn't start, uh, you cannot... Uh, no, right, right. Yes, right, right. As, as, so as much as possible, yes. <laughs> We have one more wine to try, yes, and so, uh, this is your Grand Saxioni, and it has a name. Yes, it's a, it's a complicated name because it's called Colta Sala. But why we decided this name? Because actually, it's the name of the vineyard. Okay, so, so this is uh, is the vineyard that makes the blind the, the wine. Okay, and where where in your property does the Colta Sala lie? Um, going down, mm -hmm. uh, you will find on the left, so on the east side, and it is more or less at the elevation of uh, 500, 550 so meters. So about halfway up. Yes. And it is a, a very special wine for me because uh, this wine uh, was born in uh, the 1980s mm -hmm. uh, when, the, when you were not allowed to have 100% of Sangiovese. Right. Actually, this one is a 95% of Sangiovese and a 5% of a local grape called Mammolo. Mammolo mm -hmm. means uh, violet. Okay. So this wine was born as the lowest category of uh, the wines. So it was a vino da tavola. Really? Yes. But with the same quality and with the same winemaking, with the same style. But the Chianti Classico was not ready for 95% of Sangiovese. Then uh, finally, they understood that they had to create a category for wines like this one, and they created the IGT Super Tasca. Mm -hmm. And so we brought this wine, still the same, under the IGT uh, in, uh, indication geographic typic, uh, um, uh, and so it became IGT. Then uh, again, the rules changed. And so you were allowed to have a Chianti Classico with the 95% of Sangiovese. And mm -hmm. so it became a Chianti Classico Reserva. <laughs> uh, 
and then since the 2015 it became a Gran Selezione. It's still the wine, so we can say they made the rules for the wine. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Wow, the nose on this is really pretty. Just a. You said violets before, and maybe it's psychosomatic, but I'm smelling a lot yes. of violet in this wine, and like some red licorice. Yes. Um, Here, the complexity comes out so strongly. Yeah, more, it's, yeah. it's super elegant and really, really pretty on the nose. Yeah, this is a 2015 vintage uh, that makes also the wine much more ready, also because it has. Yeah, you got another one, year on Yes. This one is the only one that we age in barrique, only one third on your barrique, no mm -hmm. more. Really, to don't again overbalance. Well, the fruit is so rich here. Yeah. But there is balance. There's yeah. balance. There's acidity, but it's not that kind of, you know, that more aggressive acidity of maybe the Chianti Classico. It's for sure. It, it's more about this acidity here is about balancing the fruit out rather than making your mouth water. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. This is the vintage, I think, uh, also. More mm -hmm. than the wine is also the vintage. As I said, that the 15 was a bit rounder than the 16 that is a bit brighter and, uh, and fresher, yeah. Wopai is such an amazing place. It's become one of my favorite in Chianti Classico. <laughs> I mean, it's just, when you drive up the hill here, you don't even know that this is a winery. I, I was practically lost trying to find the winery because I'm just in this little hamlet and there's nothing really around here. And then I ran into your mother and she brought me into the house here and took me on the tour and showed me everything inside all these little 15, 14th century buildings. It's a special, magical place making special, delicious wine. Frederica, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much for your time, really. It's amazing to meet you and to share with you all my wines. Fantastic. For John's tasting notes on the wines from this episode, go to www.thehonestpoorpod.com. Make sure you catch every episode by subscribing to The Honest Pour with John Lennart at iTunes, Stitcher, or the Google Play Store. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook at The Honest Pour with John Lennart and follow us on Twitter at The Honest Pour. This has been The Honest Pour with John Lennart. Music by Kevin McLeod. 